Hi, Brian. Sylvia here. I have enjoyed listening to Jesus Smart for over a year and a half now and have been greatly blessed by encouraging words, thought-provoking conversations, and sound doctrine. Keep up the good work. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. Did you know that in Christ you are designed, called to stand before kings as an ambassador for Christ? We're going to talk about it today with Stephen Lauterbach, the purveyor, the mogul of ManifoldMinistries.com, host of the Despite Popular Belief podcast and writer at the Writing Stagnant blog, metalhead turned husband to Sarah, father of a beautiful little family, combating complacency in the cosmos. It's Stephen Lauterbach today. Stand before kings. Well, well, that's created and recorded by Stephen and some of his guys. You'll hear that theme music on his podcast. It's really a fascinating synergy, this kingdom heavy metal wedded with some, shall we say, straight up reformed theology. Fascinating. He's also created, as an extension of his podcast, a playlist on Spotify, Kingdom Heavy. Just search for Kingdom Heavy, a mere 88 songs, five hours and 20 minutes of, I'm going to say, music, uh, shall we say, to raise the dead. He calls it a collection of the heaviest of worship for the King of Kings. Now, we're recording this in February of 2020. We have been receiving tons of snow and cold weather. This would be great music to shovel snow to, take a long walk in the cold. Maybe you're listening in the summertime, cutting grass, working out, banging out some chores, you know, shopping. I could see myself, I'm a little concerned if I had this stuff going into my ear holes at Sam's Club, I may inadvertently start ramming people with my big cart. I could see that happening. But you know what? Stephen and I have talked about it when the real heavy shows up, and I'm referring to the Hebrew word kavod for the glory of God, which means heavy authority. And it's like, king of kings, come into my situation, come into this scenario and throw your weight around in this situation. Manifest your nature, manifest your power, manifest your glory. I'm I'm kind of a jazz guy. I like some classical music too, but uh, Stephen, uh, he just may be um, converting me here. I don't know. Welcome to the podcast, episode 171, Brian Del Turco, Jesus Smart, the podcast. I'm glad you're here. You can go to the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash Kings. This podcast is heard on manifoldministries.com. It's also on Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google Podcasts, a bunch of your favorite listening options. You can also stream it and go to the show notes page at jesussmart.com. It's syndicated on Facebook at Jesus Smart Real. It's also now emerging into alt tech. Right now it's on Gab, Jesus Smart Podcast Feed, and soon to be on the Resurrected Parlor. Just this week, Parlor is back. Same handle, Jesus Smart Podcast Feed. Well, did you know that we are designed in Christ to stand before kings if we meet the conditions? Proverbs 22, verse 29 says, do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure 
people. And we're not just talking today about trade or profession or occupation. We're also talking about the interior work of our heart. We're talking about relational work in our relational world. We're talking about uh, health and wellness. When we become skilled in these areas, it positions us, it platforms us to stand before kings in life. It's a great conversation with Stephen Lauterbach. Now, have you heard about the Wild Ox podcast? Well, it's rumbling on the horizon. Welcome to the Wild Ox podcast. Tight episodes, 10 minutes or less. This is Brian Del Turco. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Psalm 92.10, my horn, a symbol of strength and warfare, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. You can take these prayer dynamics and prayer edges right into your private prayer time, and you can spark prayer with others too. Untamed, strong prayers for our time. Pray with me. So, so far we have five episodes, including praying for the exposure of evil, great joy is necessary for strong prayer for the nations, and the potential of a deep and clear repentance. Right now, simply search Wild Ox Podbean on Google, and it'll go right to it. You can listen now. This podcast will be going out to all the other listening options as well soon, as well as the uh, website is being developed. Now, in what spheres can we actually stand before kings as ambassadors of Christ? Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ representatives, plead with you. See, we represent Christ in our time, in our context, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. All things reconciled to God, not just the human soul, but life itself, the domains of life, salt, light, kingdom leaven, influencing culture and society living in the light of the age which is coming when Christ comes again. It's so exciting. It's so hope-filled and motivating. Here's Stephen Lauterbach. Stephen is the purveyor of all things Manifold Ministries. You can check it out at manifoldministries.com. Really pleased that Jesus Smart podcast is heard on this platform. Tell us about Manifold, Stephen. What is your vision for it? How did this uh, unfold? Yeah, so like I wanted to create a platform or at least like a sort of like a database where Christians could find edifying content that was quality stuff that's not like cringy or just like poorly put together. So we started looking for content creators that were really excelling at what they were doing and making really creative stuff that was biblically sound. And so I pulled together Manifold Ministries uh, and Manifold meaning many and various, and they described the many various creative sides of God and and that we're made in his image. And so we are creative because of that. And that's kind of, that's kind of the mission statement is to, is to draw that kind of material together. So people have a place to come and find stuff to read, find stuff to listen to. Yes. And it's all, um, it's all about exhibiting the manifold nature and attributes of God, right? In his kingdom. I really appreciate that. 
And you also host the Despite Popular Belief podcast. That's the first I heard of you, Despite Popular <laughs> Belief. <laughs> what's the uh, great title? What's the, uh, what's the mission there? So the mission with that is um, reform biblical theology in a culture full of opinions and agendas. And basically, um, <laughs> like the primary <laughs> purpose of it was, was to create edifying podcasts for believers it's specifically for believers so that they feel equipped to um have a reason for why they believe what they believe in this culture that is full of opinions and and agendas because god cares all truth is god's truth you know we don't care about opinions and agendas we want god's truth so like that's that's what we're coming. That's so what we're you coming are at. you are positing that a culture is full of opinions and agendas. Is that is that true? Yes, of course that's true. <laughs> of course, Over, overwhelmingly true. Yeah. And um, writing stagnant is your blog. That's another creative name. Where is the stagnancy happening? <laughs> yeah. So like stagnancy, uh, stagnant can describe a stinking puddle, like just stink water. It's uh, okay. it's a descriptive word, and like. I, I, we have these images in, in scripture of like flowing water in like the river of life. And so like, I wanted, I wanted that blog to be about fighting those stagnant, um, those stagnant feelings and beliefs getting stuck in the rut. So again, this, the writings that I do in fighting stagnant are, um, those are geared towards like weathered Christians who have heard the evangelical, um, sermons, like they are, they already know about salvation. Uh, they know about, you know, a lot of the basic, things you would hear in church. So it's like, let's go just a little bit deeper and let's ask stuff that's a little bit more challenging. I'm currently working on one. It's not out yet, but um, ancient idols hiding uh, in plain sight today. Wow. That's cool. So uh, I want to tie in some things that we feel like we look at the Old Testament, um, God's chosen people are like, how could they have these idols around? And it's like, yo, it's in our culture too right now. And we do the same things. We don't do idolatry, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive. The best thing you got going is Sarah and your family. Yeah, Tell us absolutely. about your wife and your family. Maybe just briefly how you met. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My wife was um, was introduced to me actually by my former co-host at Despite Popular Belief, uh, Eric. Yeah. Um, he introduced us. And uh, long story short, we're married. We have two kids now. And she is, she's a creative type too. So like when we first met, she was, uh, she was into running, she's into sports, she's into country music. It was like the opposite of me. Yeah, you were, <laughs> but you were like, what heavy metal, right? I want to hear about oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was a metal head. And so like opposites attract. Um, now she's got like this very successful watercolor painting uh, material that she does. She's super creative. And so what is the heavy metal thing, man? You used to play, right? You were in a band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I, I played in a metal band and uh, we were all Christians. And like I, I tried to gear like the lyrical content even uh, to be just either biblically sound or like glorifying to God. Uh, I still love metal. Um, I listen to tons of other genres, but mathematically and like like the theory behind metal is the most interesting. Um, wow, mathematically, yeah. I, I love the energy behind it. I love the syncopation. Um, this just the structure is just different than any other genre of music, and it's it's interesting to me. I love producing it. I still record the stuff. So like you'll hear like the interlude tracks on my podcast. Like I recorded those here in the studio for fun. Um, 
I, I started putting together a playlist that's available to anybody on Spotify. It's called kingdom heavy. Okay. And it's, it's basically heavy metal. That's just, it worships God. It's glorifying to God. There's a, there's an underground culture of Christian metalheads. Oh, sure. Yeah. Kingdom heavy. I, I love that. It makes me think of the old <laughs> Testament word for glory. Kavod, I think it's pronounced. Am I right? Oh, cool. And, uh, um, it, it means heaviness or authority, you know, and it's like, God, just come down and throw your weight around in this situation, right? Be kingdom heavy. I really love, love that. It. That's cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. I I love this motif, this theme you carry of standing before kings. You kind of sign off your podcast with that, and it became evident uh, that this is a theme with you, right? This sure. is a, sort of a life motif that you seem to carry. What is the genesis of this theme? Um, in your in your podcast, stand before kings. Yeah, so that phrase. Well, we obviously didn't coin the phrase; scripture did. Uh, it's from Proverbs. In uh, the full verses, do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before before obscure people. Hmm. So, uh, my former co-host, uh, he'll come on and guest on the show uh, periodically. But uh, yeah, Eric Marty came up with that verse and he's like, Hey, we should like end every episode with that phrase where, where we're standing before Kings uh, in that what we make and what we do is with excellence that, that we could present this before, before Kings. And I was like, dude, I love that. We got to put that in there. So it's been, that's been our phrase ever since. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I want to say that excellence, you think it's somebody like Daniel, or mm. Joseph, excellence is a high value with God. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe in our culture today, we wouldn't really view ourselves standing before any kind of king. But I mean, yeah, if you look at the Old Testament, these kings were ruling these massive countries, or at least even if they weren't size-wise massive, they were ru- they were running culture. These were meccas of mathematics, science, medicine, um, and paganism. And so, yeah, we've got these powerhouse hitters, these heroes from the Old Testament. Prophet Daniel keeps coming up every time I'm studying lately for my topics. Uh, for whatever reason, I keep coming back to Daniel. But mm. uh, after the incident of the writing on the wall where he was like, he was explaining what everybody was seeing, the queen took note of that. And when the next king was in line, she's like, dude, you have got to check out this Daniel guy. And then she just essentially sung his praises because he excelled at what he did. And obviously believers know that he got that excellence from God. He got those gifts from God and was therefore employed by the King. Hmm. And he, um, I mean, you can read about this in the old Testament in the book of Daniel, right? Hmm. His uh, career. And I, th- I think his career, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, it extended over two or three different Kings yeah. or em- empires, right? Yeah, um, a long and influential. So he stood before Kings because of his excellence, his intelligence. Doesn't it say at the beginning of Daniel that he and his friends were chosen to serve in the King's court because of their intelligence and their ability to learn. There's, there's another angle to this too, though. Um, okay. The, the Daniel diet, right? The Daniel fast. A lot of believers are familiar with this. So like his discipline was considered excellence and it was, well, it was good for his body. Right. And like, we know from scripture that our body is a temple to the Lord, Mm. his good diet and discipline was observed by the King. And he's like, 
wow, okay, the king's men, you have got to eat like this guy too. So like even down to our disciplines, like the king noticed it and he made his men do that. What disciplines can believers show at work where their bosses can say, hey, I want the rest of you guys to be doing this too. And you just tend to be promoted. You tend to come to the top, right? When right. you, that's the whole thing. I think you're 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 saying there in Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Do you see a person skilled? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure people. And uh, Joseph, what could you tell us about Joseph as another great example of this? Yeah. So Joseph brings this other uh, situation where. Ironically, too, like he he was like a dream interpreter. Daniel had some of these abilities, too, which that's pretty cool. But Joseph in particular shows us what it's like to face dilemmas when you're standing before kings. So, okay. for example, standing before kings, naturally, the king's wife is going to be around your proximity, right? And we know from that story that she tried to seduce Joseph, right? And so we have these temptations now as you get closer to these powers of authority, mm. we know that Joseph obviously turned it down and there was like repercussions for that, but he did the right thing. It eventually got rewarded later, but like in the moment it was punished. Yeah. So when we stand before Kings in our culture today, we, we cannot be naive that we won't have dilemmas. Let's track back to Daniel, prophet Daniel, the King's men were getting jealous of this guy. So they're saying, well, we're going to build a statue and we're going to, we're going to get the King to make a law that says you got to bow down. Right. Here we go again. Dilemma. Daniel, bow down to this statue. It's like, I can't. I can't do it. We're going to face dilemmas when we work with excellence and when we are presented before kings. So you're really holding forth the value of, of discipline, self-discipline, like harnessed strength, right? Integrity, right, character. Right. Will, will you have the integrity and the character to sustain you? in a more influential space. Absolutely. It's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing there. So, I mean, uh, we could look at David. David uh, stood before Saul. I didn't, I just thought of David right now. Oh, uh, Stephen, yeah. Before he became king, he had some years there where he stood before Saul and served him. And yet he went through great trials mm. and his character was forged through over 10 years, really. Even when Saul became crazed and was trying to kill David. Yeah, this character, and, and, and of course, David had, he excelled in intimacy with God. And I guess what we want to say about David is private victory leads to public victory, right? Can we say that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he said, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear in private out in the wilderness with my father's sheep. And now, now he's in the public arena with Goliath, right? And that was really the seemed to be the trigger which launched him publicly before before Israel. And uh, but even then, he went through years of of, of struggle and challenge. Um, I think right. another great, yeah. I think another great example is Esther, right? Uh, yeah. A great a great female example of somebody who stood before a king. Yeah, Esther. Esther is something that I I want to study more. It's like a lot of my a lot of my college studies were actually in the Pentateuch, and then like outside of college, I studied the New Testament pretty pretty heavily. But like, there's man, there's portions of the Bible that I, I want to get into. I want to get into the prophets a little more. And and Esther, I know she's not a prophet, but Esther is one of those categories that I'd love to just dig a little bit more into. 
Yeah, what was she? She was that Jewish beauty, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, a, yeah. And, a great, and a great person, a character, the niece of Mordecai, who was serving close to the king somewhere in mm-hmm. his courts or gates. And she became um, somebody who saved the Jews, right? Yeah. She had great character, great, great beauty. She was beautiful inside and out. So, I mean, you know, in the West, in democracy, we don't tend to think in a king category, but but you're saying a, a king is just like a person of influence. It could be a leader of an organization, right? Or a boss or absolutely any, any place of influence. Right. I mean, because think about it, like we try to build these careers to make a living, to bring home to our families. So we can, you know, put food on the table, put food in our bellies. Okay. And like, I mean, we, we try to strive to bring a better quality of life to our family, like the best quality of life we could bring to our family. Like, I know that men really just, they want to do that for their family. If one of those ways to do that is to, well, succeed at work, naturally the boss is going to be observing the work that you do. And the boss is almost that gatekeeper of I, helping you proceed to the next level in your career. And And somehow, I mean, ultimately, I think we believe that God is the great promoter in life, right? Definitely, yeah. If we please Him in private as well as public, and He understands our character formation and our our work ethic and our excellence, and we just believe that the Lord will increase our space, right? Increase our reach, increase our... Um, sure. Yeah, I believe that. How about the um, parable of the talents? You know, Jesus taught about the mm-hmm. parable of the talents, the one wicked servant, as Jesus ended up calling him, he took his one talent and dug a hole (laughs) and invested it in the ground, we could say. Um, And then, uh, you know, the one who had two went out and did business and multiplied it and got four. And the one who had five did the same and got 10. And Jesus commended those two servants equally, but he really, really had some harsh words for the hole digger, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like being a good steward is something that, that Jesus taught a lot in the New Testament. And this falls right into our theme. What has God given you? That could be obviously finances, skills, opportunities. What opportunities has God put in front of you that you need to be a good steward about? Like, you know, I maybe just to, to be relevant to the time, it's like we got these stimulus checks coming in. It's like, what was the first thing you thought of spending that on? You know what I mean? It's like, right. where are your disciplines lying? What? I, I'm just trying to like think outside of myself and I don't know, where can I develop my disciplines and what opportunities is God putting in front of me? That was just like, that's just one recent example uh, that I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. It's a resource that comes into your hand. What will you do with it? Right. Yeah. Will you buy something that's unnecessary or will you maybe do something like save it or invest it or invest it in your own development? in some way, spiritually or career-wise, right? Or maybe invested in your family in terms of a, um, you know, t- yeah. taking, taking them away somewhere, right? Yeah. And I don't want to be ignorant that, like, yes, the stimulus check is to help, you know, obviously people who sure. may be unemployed or they're doing cutbacks at work. I'm not ignorant to that. I'm not, Yeah, I don't want to downplay that. There's many examples, like making our bed is sort of a micro- exercise in excellence. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's talk today about the importance of making your bed. If you can believe that there's a psychological <laughs> effect, if you don't do it, 
you know. Oh yeah, Doctor Jordan Peterson. Uh, isn't that like oh, the no. first chapter of his book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor like, George Peterson. He's like, clean your room. Please your room. <laughs> don't 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 bring up the twelve rules. I I do have that okay. book somewhere here, <laughs> okay. and I've started it. I need to finish it. I've seen many of his videos. He, he's great, and something is resonating around the world with Jordan Peterson for sure. <laughs> yeah, but 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 just or or like you know. Um, our eating or our exercise, mm-hmm. our stewardship of time, our stewardship of our relationships, these are all sort of baseline exercises and excellence. These micro exercises in excellence will position us for many other things as well. A hundred percent agree. I agree with you. I think people are reconsidering their health too, especially with, uh, with COVID being present. Has God given you a healthy body and what are you doing with your body? Are you having the disciplines where you're eating right? Let's say that you do have ailments that maybe it's genetic. Um, maybe it's something that's developing. It's like, okay. are you are you eating right? Like, are you avoiding the foods that you're supposed to be? You know, I don't want to cast judgment on anyone because like I, me, myself, like that's actually something that I, I struggle with. I stress eat. I love food. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's very hard for me to avoid. Uh, These are stressful times for sure. Uh, yes. And I... T- Definitely got chubby <laughs> during the lockdown. Um, Did you get the COVID nineteen? As it said, the COVID nineteen pounds. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, the the COVID nineteen pounds. Yeah, probably. But in the past three weeks, I've been eating right. I've been doing right. You know, I know the foods that I'm supposed to be eating for, like you know, whatever ailments that I have that are genetic. Like I'm I'm back on track. I feel better about it. Feels but good. like that was that was what reminded me of Daniel. It was like, ah oh, man, he had the Daniel diet and the king loved it. I was like, goodness, like I gotta get this straight. Oh, I, that's really good. What about relationships, Stephen? How can we um exercise this principle in the realm of relationships? Maybe we're dating, maybe we're in courtship, mm. maybe we're in a marriage, parenting, some are grandparenting. How you know, friendships uh, are networks of relationships. How, is there application here for this mm. um, this theme? That's a good question. Instantly, I'm thinking of. Um, I, I mean, Scripture tells us how to how to treat each other. You know, uh, in terms of like the church being the bride and Jesus being the groom, and we have that example. We're supposed to reflect that. People are always watching that. But that actually makes me think too of. Uh, let's say that you do have a high position at work. And they're expecting you to work late hours all the time. But you have your wife at home and it's like, you're going to choose work over your wife like that. That's starting to make me think of like, that's one of those dilemmas that you may be battling because you're standing before kings. Now that you have more responsibility, it's like they're going to ask you to stay at work a little more, do a little more. And so, I mean, to be excellent, we we have to be great spouses, too. Yeah, really. I mean, relationships is really a baseline, um, successful, you know, platform in life. We have to have mm-hmm. it. If it's not right there, it's kind of hard to be right in other in other places for long, right? Yeah. So excellence in that. What about like? Um, I'm just wondering. Like, uh, we you've talked about health, which is our physicality. What about our psychology? How how can we express excellence in our in our thought life, our emotional life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Proverbs says well, was it Proverbs that said pursue wisdom at all costs? I gotta Oh uh, yes, yes, it does. I yeah, think. I I'm bad for not having that reference, but 
I know that like wisdom is so biblical. If you're somebody that struggles with depression, um, well, first of all, it could be chemical. Like it could be, I hate that we keep going back to the food thing, but like, I mean, it could be diet. It could be, um, could be spiritual. Maybe you have something on your back. You know what I mean? Like so, something spiritual that's following, following you around something really dark. So it's like, God, God, give me wisdom on what to do. God, I don't know what to pray for. I can't get out of this pit. What am I supposed to pray for? I don't even know what to ask for. So like, why, why would God not, you know, show you what to pray for? Ask for wisdom. And this can, this can give you like mental health. You know, this is, I'm glad you brought that up because in my occupation, I get a chance to be in a lot of corporate facilities. And I'll tell you like the, um, all the posters that are around offices and stuff now from like HR and marketing and whatever, everything's about take 10 minutes to meditate, take two breaths, three breaths out, do this, do that meditation, meditation, meditation everywhere. I'm seeing this word on all these posters in these corporate facilities. It's like, they're realizing that people's uh, mental stability is starting to break down, but that mm. there's this need for mental health. Right. And like the Bible, we run to the Bible for truths. You know, like if you're exasperated, it's like, you know, speak things that are true. This is not like the word of faith thing where it's like prosperity gospel. I'm not saying that don't, you know, the affirmations thing, that's a different conversation. Um, I'm talking about like just biblical truths. What do we know about God? God's a great physician. What do we know about God? He's a provider. You know, he's, um, he's a strong tower, you know, like just remind yourself of these things. And like, we don't need like meditation, like HR's posters telling us to do. It's like we have, we have the creator uh, yeah. that we can go to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the meditation in, in the business world today is really Buddhist or Zen in its origin, you know, mm, like, mm -hmm. like the emptying of the mind. And you're yeah. talking about a biblical meditation, which is more of the filling of the mind with truth, right? Love that. So Love that. that's, that's a big, a big contrast there for sure. Yeah. So do you see a person skilled in his work? We tend to immediately think of like our trade or our career, but there's also like relational work, right? If we're skilled in our relational work. Sure. Or if we're skilled in, we become skilled in our interior world, our mentality and our emotional life. Sure. That's important, right? Because truly, as as I heard a, a um, pastor say not too long ago, our internals shape our externals. Mm. You know, our our internal world tends to express itself in our exterior world. And it's difficult yeah. to see meaningful change in our exterior world without meaningful change in our interior world. But boy, definitely being a Christian and developing as a disciple of Christ, that's right in that wheelhouse, you know, the renewing of the mind and the, the transformation of the heart. That's all interior work. Right. And like you said, it's like filling your mind instead of emptying it. I never made that connection before. I'm so glad you said that. That's so interesting to me. I'm, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to look into that some more. You're totally right. Uh, yeah. Psalm, Psalm 1, you know, talks about meditation. And if we meditate upon the word, you know, it says our leaves will not wither. Everything that mm. we apply ourselves to, we will be successful. But it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. positive truth that we're meditating upon and not, and not uh, vacuous meditation, you know, like emptying. Right. 
uh, nature abhors a vacuum and something else might run in there if you don't <laughs> positively <laughs> fill it with something, you know? You're right, though. You're right. I know that you believe in this idea that strength is perfected in mm. what we feel is our weakness, or we may have a legitimate weakness. I mean, Paul said in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. What are your thoughts on this as it relates to becoming skilled in our work and standing before yeah. kings? So God calls the seemingly unqualified, right? Um, I'm thinking of uh, Moses and his brother, Moses and Aaron, like they're getting ready to have to stand before kings multiple times as they're going to take God's chosen people <laughs> out of Egypt. And it's like, <laughs> they're concerned about speech impediment. Yeah. They're like, I, I'm not qualified for this. We're looking at David. We talked about David. David was the smallest, seemingly unqualified. Um, we have all these examples in scripture of the unqualified being chosen and called to stand before Kings. This is what I was talking about. We're like, has God not only given you uh, the gift, but has he given you the opportunity? He is choosing people for moments of standing before a king. Man, if you don't believe it, just read the Bible. Man, we know these Bible heroes. We know them. We've heard these stories so many times. This can be a witness to the world, right? I'm sure plenty of people know what our shortcomings are. Yeah, they work with us day sure. in and day out. Yep. You know, typical Stephen. Okay. You know, <laughs> No, I know that people observe this stuff, but it's like, where's the power coming from, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And then when God is like, you know, creating these solutions for you at work, yeah, uh, I don't know about you, but like I've been sent into so many situations at work where it's like, I literally don't know how this piece of technology works. God, can you show me, just show me something that's that doesn't look right because I have to fix this and the customer's paying a lot of money for this. Mm. Uh, maybe I shouldn't admit that I'm recording. Uh, I am not lying to you. There was, there was a wire that there was a wire sequence that went red, white, blue, black, red, white, blue, black. And there was one that went red, blue, white, black. I'm not lying to you. One of the cable colors was switched the pattern. I was like, I was not trained for that, but I know my patterns from kindergarten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, I was praying. I was like, God, please show me. I don't know you what I feel I'm the doing. Lord showed you. And Absolutely. you were able to troubleshoot something. Yeah. And it was just like that. It stuck out like a sore thumb. It's like, and I'm looking in this huge rack full of wires and that one stood out. And I was like, God, thank you. Wow. <laughs> thank you. I'm telling you, I have heard testimonies of this sort of thing, you mm. know, where somebody couldn't find a solution. Like they're a mechanic is working on an automobile mm. and they received just a thought, a notion to search for this part mm. in, in this vehicle. And sure enough, that was the solution. I've experienced I, that, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you think of like George Washington Carver, the American mm. botanist from the 1800s who testified before Congress. He was well-educated in botany, but he testified that I get these ideas from God mm. about, about plants. And, you know, he took apart the peanut, the sweet potato, developed hundreds of uses for these products, revolutionized oh, yeah. Southern agriculture. You know, he figured out how things work with God's help. He brought peanut butter to the table. Like, who is not happy about that? <laughs> he did. 
Next time you eat peanut butter, man, it goes back to George Washington Carver, the African-American botanist. Yeah, and he called it, he called his little laboratory there in the South. He called it God's little laboratory, his um, mm. his lab. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, Ford tried to hire him, and mm. Edison tried to hire him, and he wouldn't do it. He stayed in his little laboratory and wow. revolutionized. It's a tremendous story, really dedicated Christian, and... A uh, person of prayer, and God spoke to him about the peanut and about other plants. And if God can do that with the peanut, then He can help us solve some of what we think are more complex problems today. I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And people are rewarded for coming up with solutions and answers, remunerated and promoted for solving problems. Def- definitely. And like I was talking earlier about, like you know, I don't know what to pray for. I was, man, I was still having like issues with like, just having like a good attitude about work. And so I was like, God, what do I need to pray for? I started praying for God to help me make my boss look good. Hmm. Take the focus off of me. Help me make my boss look good today. Additionally, help me get the customer what they paid for. Like help me to get them like, help me to finish early, you know, like, or at least give them what they pay for it. Sure. You know, cause like we've had times where like, you know, the project goes a little longer than we anticipated. And it's like, it went a little over budget, all this kind of stuff. It's like, help me to make my boss look good. Help me to give the customer what they're paying for. It, it changed my mentality. It helped me to focus. And then God got glorified because the problems got solved. Boss looked good. Customer got what they paid for it. It's excellent. You're adding value, multiplying value, serving people. I love Daniel Lapin. Is that his last name? The Jewish uh, rabbi teacher. Mm. And he talks a lot about economics and work and business. And he talks about that. There's a great proverb. I, I believe it's in the book of Proverbs, of course, a great biblical proverb that says that the person who will not sell their grain is cursed but the person who sells it will be blessed. And Daniel Lappin uses that to, you're not just blessed when you give something away, you're blessed actually when you sell something that you have, Mm. like a product or a service that helps people, you know? Yeah. And that's really Jewish, you know, it's really a Jewish culture thing as well because they excel at that. But it's a beautiful teaching about if you have grain and you can sell it to help people, much like Joseph, right? Yeah, absolutely. They stored that grain and they sold it to surrounding nations and as well as keeping Egypt alive. But if, but if you have grain and you can bring it to the market and bring it to people, that too draws a blessing from God. Yeah. And Brian, you and I were talking before we hopped on the recording about our mutual friend, Dustin from Christ and Capital. So if anybody is looking, he's been on your show before. He has. I wish I could recall the number right now. Maybe I'll put that (laughs) in the show notes. Yeah. Dustin. Oh, it, it was, uh, Oh yeah, it was a it was a it, it, <laughs> it was a political title at the time. It was um <laughs> what what's that what's that guy who was running for senator from Vermont? I forget his name. Um Oh jeez. He was a socialist type uh Bernie San- Bernie? Yeah, yeah, something about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Bernie just... Sanders. Yeah, it's, it was <laughs> was you know, it was Bernie you know, oh, it's Jesus and Bernie Sanders, something like that. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. You check it out. <laughs> yeah, but like if if people are curious about just like biblical finances and biblical capitalism shocking yeah. hello uh that that podcast is so good it's um 
I learned I learned stuff on every episode that he puts out, and it's yeah. a cool angle. You had him on your show too, didn't you? So maybe yeah. you could send me the link to that, and we'll drop both links sure. in, um, in the show notes for that. Would encourage that. Dustin, what is Dustin's last name? I'm sorry. Johnson, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. His podcast is Christ and Capital. Uh, and he's real big on the parable of the talents, of course, which we've mentioned, which, hey, yeah. tends to be <laughs> capitalistic story seems um <laughs> just to be honest about it so i mean now one last question Stephen. um sure. in acts chapter 9 i haven't talked with you about this verse yet but in acts chapter 9 verse 15 the lord is talking to this disciple by the name of ananias and he mm. wants ananias to go and pray for paul who just got blasted on the road to Damascus. Okay. Paul, <laughs> he's on the ground, man. He's blind. He's just been, yeah. okay. Okay. God, Jesus manifested himself in brilliant light in front of Paul and just, he was undone. Okay. And he mm. wants Ananias to go and pray for him and restore his sight and sort of get him, get him jump started, right? <laughs> as a new disciple of Christ. And so the Lord says to him, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to mm. bear my name before the Gentiles and Kings and mm. the sons of Israel. And it's very fascinating that when later in Acts 13, when Paul was up in Antioch of Syria, praying with some prophets and teachers there, the church of Antioch, it says they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. And then the Holy spirit said, set apart to me, Saul and Barnabas mm. became known as Paul. Saul and Barnabas to the work to which I've called them, and they commissioned them, they laid hands on them, prayed, and sent them out on the first missionary journey. Okay, it's all leading up to this, Stephen. Yeah. They get on that first island out in the Mediterranean, and they're working through the island evangelizing, and then they come to the king of the island, so to speak, Sergius Paulos, the Roman leader of that island. And you know, there's this dark guy who's attached to him. They break that power off of the king, mm. uh, off of Sergius Paulos. He becomes converted. He becomes converted and comes into the kingdom. But right away, my point is that right away, Paul is before a, quote, king. Yeah. Right? And so what I'm saying, uh, Stephen, what I'm asking is, even in our own lives as Christians, as followers of Christ, I want to say that we're called to stand before kings in this way. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're, we're called to get before influential people as salt and light and kingdom leaven, if we could say yeah. that, and influence them and bless them, right? Even with the spotted past, hmm. despite where you came from, despite where you came from, this, okay, this is beyond the unqualified. It's like, despite the stuff you used to do. Yeah, for sure. I love that. That's so good. Like, if that's not redemption, I don't know what is. Given a purpose, goodness, like that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and I, I just think that like a return to primal Christianity, mm. you know, which shook the world. You know, it's said of the disciples, they've come to our city now, and they've they they said they've turned the world upside down. You know, mm. uh, they 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 just rocked leaders, and they got before kings and leaders of cities and. Yeah, judges and and gave testimony to the kingdom. I think we're called to do it in our spheres, in our in our in circle of influence. I I just really love this theme you're pursuing. I think one of the coolest things is like uh, as believers, we know that when we believe in Jesus Christ, that we will we will stand before the King of Kings one day. You know, when we finish the race and we get to hear the King talk to us, we get to be in His presence. Yes. Like, 
Oh man, it's just like I just sigh relief thinking about thinking about that ending. Honestly. And so we want to live now in that light, don't we? We want to that we are really in a real sense we're before the ultimate king right now. Mm-hmm. He is our lord. He is like the ultimate Caesar, the cosmic Caesar, if we could say mm. that. Jesus is Lord, and He's called us to exhibit that lordship yeah. in, our, in our lives, our relationships, our work, our money, our wellness, uh, our personal disciplines. Come on, it's time to level up. I I, I feel that yeah. personally. I just really been feeling yeah. it lately. I, you know, we started the new year, twenty twenty one, and you know this whole resolution thing. Um, mm. Okay, yeah, it, it's even more than re- resolutions are to put before ourselves working challenges, you know, I think to work towards, but somehow I went through some challenges in January, some distracting issues mm. in that sense. And I, I feel like February is my boot month, my reboot month. <laughs> love it. Good, good, good. I love you know, it. Yeah. I feel like it's happening right now and um, leveling up, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, Steve. Absolutely. I was just going to say, like, it was really good to see your stuff coming back up in the podcast feed. I was like, okay, he's back. <laughs> yeah, I was a little slow there at the beginning of the year, and I missed a couple weeks. Um, you know, some extended family things and sure. d- different things I was working on and involved with were distracting. Jesus is going to have to tell me to stop podcasting, you know? I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, love I, it. I, I just feel like this is a lifer thing for me. Um, I feel the same way. <laughs> do you feel that way? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell I you something. It. Let me I be honest it. with you, because maybe somebody can relate to this out there with whatever their pursuit is. It may not be podcasting. Not everybody's nerdy enough to podcast, but <laughs> uh, you know, it could be a whole array of hosts or, or, or pursuits, a whole you know host of pursuits. But it's like when you don't do it for a little while, even a week, you feel this this mounting like I don't want to say pressure, but this. Mm. You don't feel quite right. Yeah, it feels like uh, anticipation for me because, like, verbalizing the thoughts and making sure that they're they're biblical and cohesive is um, it helps me to process them too, and then to have the conversations with the listeners and stuff um, uh, that helps me to see angles I didn't see before. It's I love it. To me, that's community. Like we're building like a really unique community that's digital. It's I don't know. I I love it. Absolutely, man. The digital, I mean, it's like today's public square. It's the highways and byways, you know, go out and, and, and you know, there's a, there's a real sense in which digital is is that, you know, and when Proverbs says, you know, wisdom goes out into the streets and it gets into the city gates and it mm-hmm. gets up into the high places of the city. And, you know, Jesus said, what you hear whispered in your inner room, get up on your housetop and proclaim it. I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel so drawn to the digital space to do that, you know? Because it's, yeah. I don't know, it's evergreen, it reaches around the world, people can find it. and It's good stuff. But everybody has their calling. And, you know, just in terms of content creation, Stephen, because I, I, I do feel that there are more and more emerging voices, I feel, that the Lord is surfacing. And in terms of content, it's not, is it? I, I know you don't feel this way. It's not just to build an audience or to... We're looking for. We want to move the needle, don't we? We're looking for. Yeah. Out, we're looking for outcomes, right? Of transformation. Yeah. People's lives and creating movements that are glorifying to God. That's yeah. really what we want. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, 
I instantly, I, there's a couple of people I have in mind that I would not have met unless we cross paths online uh, through the show. And honestly, I talk with a lot of these people throughout the week. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It is. Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate this. Of course, manifoldministries.com, Despite Popular Belief podcast, writing stagnant and heavy metal. I don't know. If you listen to the podcast, you're going to get a sample of that and <laughs> check out Stephen's playlist on Spotify, right? Yeah, Kingdom Heavy. And you'll see you'll see DPB for Despite Popular Belief on there. Uh, you'll recognize it. It's, it's got a skull on it. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, God made skulls, all right? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, God, we're just asking you to come down and throw your weight around. That's what we want. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and what about your merch? You have merch, yeah. pending merch, right? Yeah, I'm actually trying to launch it this week. Um, I'm gonna make the <laughs> I'm gonna make the first purchase tonight and pretend to be uh, a consumer. <laughs> oh, okay. Testing and, out the okay. Yeah, just testing out the commerce side of the website. And once I know that it's cleared and good, uh, yeah, we're gonna have uh, coffee mugs. Hats, shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, just uh, stuff that glorifies God, stuff from the show. So you're doing great work, Stephen. Got a great, a great brand, a great, a great look. You're doing great work. I appreciate great, that. Great content. Stand before kings. I just had to slip that clip in here again. Um, maybe catch some lightning in your bottle from the throne, if you know what I mean. I'm just saying. Well, as we always say here, Jesus is brilliant. And as we walk with him, we're going to catch that brilliance and convey that brilliance into our personal world, into the world at large around us. It's a great conversation with Stephen Lauterbach. I love this motif, this theme that he's pursuing in his work as a content creator in his life generally. I really appreciate it. JesusSmart.com slash Stand Before Kings. Don't forget to go to ManifoldMinistries.com to explore the emerging platform that uh, Stephen is creating, the purveyor, the mogul of ManifoldMinistries.com. Continue to walk with Jesus. Continue to develop in him. Get on that continuum of developing in Christ-likeness, not only in his nature, also in his capacities, you'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. You'll find the juice, the voltage, the energy of your life. He knows how this life works best. We'll talk soon.